This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hacha! Hey, this is Terry Moore, uh, the creator of Rachel Rising, Echo, and Strangers Paradise, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast with Joe and Matt. And good for you. Good, good choice. <laughs> Thank you. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like good. Welcome to episode 135 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news, specifically New York Comic Con news for the week what? of Wednesday, October 9th. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle Matt Baumstein. And when I'm not cursing Roderick Ruth's name while following his New York Comic Con adventures on Twitter, I'm writing the Comic Speculator blog for WoodPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick. You can find me at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not perfectly content to cuddle up with a blanket and a cup of Earl Grey tea and watch the NYCC coverage from the safety of the internets. I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of the upcoming hit webcomic series, The Untold Tales of the Two-Headed Nerd. I've got a script for the first one. Well, send it to me already. I was punching it up, and it's going to be great. In this week's episode, we're not going to have much time for anything else but news, thanks to all the hubbub coming out of NYCC, but... We'll try to get to our reviews of three, number one, and Afterlife with Archie, number one. After that, if we've got time, we'll review ten of this week's comics faster than a herd of GOP lemmings can plummet to their political suicide during the ludicrous speed round. But before we come to the defense of Oscar-winning actor Michael Douglas, because come on, who hasn't lied about what kind of cancer they had in order to blame it on dirty lady parts? And then... We're going to talk about this week's New York Comic Con Big News! This year's New York Comic Con is still in full swing, which means that comic news could break at any moment. As is our tradition, Matt and I will run down the biggest announcements from the con, offering our opinions as we go and cutting in with breaking news as we go along. Let's kick it off with the big news coming from your favorite indie publishers. Once again, we didn't have enough money to be there physically, but we're there spiritually and digitally. (laughs) Just for you guys. Listen, it's like we're there. Coming from the independent press, Paul Pope's just-released Batlin Boy graphic novel will receive a prequel in the form of The Rise of Aurora West, co-written by Pope and J.T. Petty with art by David Rubin. The prequel arrives in July, and Pope is already hard at work on the second volume of Batlin Boy. I picked it up. I have not read it yet. It looks awesome. It just came out this week. It looks so awesome. IDW announced that Godland artist Tom Scioli will co-write and draw an all-new Transformers G.I. Joe ongoing series. I think it's ongoing. And the promo art looks amazing. Did you see it? No, but this is a wacky choice. Oh, my God. It is awesome. Awesome. I love Tom Scioli. He's got this hardcore. It's not even Kirby-esque. It's, yeah, it yeah. goes beyond Kirby homage. <laughs> even like to I am drawing like Jack Kirby. Regardless, love it. I think it's going to be really weird. I can't wait to see what he does. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's what you want. It is the generation one old school. Yeah. Megatron is a gun. Optimus Prime is a semi truck. Yes. And it's the 80s G.I. Joe. I, at the very least, it'll be a really fun visual feast. IDW also announced a slew of new artist editions, including Jim Steranko's Nick Fury, Captain America, Dave Gibbons' Watchmen, and Jack Kirby's New Gods. They showed the covers. They look good. I'm interested in all of those. Yeah, Steranko's getting two different uh, editions, both of them 
featuring Nick Fury. The second one is uh, the first one is Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, and the right. second one is the uh, Nick Fury and Captain America team up stories from Strange Tales. Very cool. In addition to Slayground, dumbest name ever. No way. It's so dumb. <laughs> the latest Richard Stark adaptation by Darwin Cook. IDW will release hardcovers of the original Parker prose novels, The Hunter, The Man with the Getaway Face, The Outfit, The Mourner, The Score, and The Jugger. I do not know what a jugger is. I don't either. This will mark the first time these stories have ever been printed in hardcover format, and each issue will feature 10 full-color chapter illustrations by Darwin Cook. I want them. That's a really neat set. I want them all. Yeah, it's a really neat set. I love Darwin Cook's uh, Parker books. But reading Richard Stark's books in prose yeah. is also an amazing experience. Oh, they're fantastic. Uh, Do yourself a favor. Don't watch the Jason Statham movie. It was horrible. Oh, Parker. It was horrible. I, kinda, I can't I kinda wanna believe see it. how wrong they got it. I kind of want to see it. Valiant announced the return of Christopher Priest, Mark Bright, and the original Quantum and Woody in a five- issue miniseries set 20 years after the events of the first series woody and eric have been apart for many years and eric has taken on a new sidekick a decision that woody does not approve of the mini will run parallel to the current ongoing here's my question why didn't they get them to do the relaunch well because they're not committing to a series they're right, picking right. up the original i'm on board with that like it, i'm on board too i like the new quantum and woody it's fun james Asmus yes. is killing it there. and i remember being originally disappointed that priest and bright were not involved mm -hmm. but in reality it's probably best that it was a true reboot and not picking right. up where they left off this however something that runs parallel that is in its own thing it's fun uh exciting yeah and more is better when it's coming from Valiant. exciting greg pack announced that the eternal warrior will begin to focus in part on the era of 4001 a.d which i believe holds significance for fans of the original valiant i don't know i do not know it will hint at the future of the current valiant universe including perhaps the return of rye who is that samurai dude who oh, looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. bloodshot but he's not bloodshot. but he's not he's a samurai yeah or a ninja. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or Asian. <laughs> or not Asian. He's Yo, just... Or maybe not. Uh, he got a samurai, so he's got a katana. Dynamite is going to try and cash in on the current kids' versions of grown-up characters, which I just f***ing love, when they publish Lil Dynamites, a series of one-shots yeah! featuring adorable versions of Battlestar Galactica, Vampirella, Bionic Man, Evil Ernie, which was just screaming. Evil Ernie! Just screaming for a kitty version. Lil Ernie! And Red Sonia. Each issue will feature an interlocking cover by Art Balthazar, who we both love, and a subscription variant by Agnes Garabowska. Agnes Garabowska. She who sounds is like, adorable. Is she? Oh, yeah. She sounds like she plays tuba in a polka band. <laughs> right? Uh, Agnes Garabowska is a... She's a super cute... A uh, girl that does these kitty illustrations. Okay. And she's very, very good. Okay. Like, you can see her work online. I am not sure what comic work she's done because, you know, I, I met, but I saw her. She was actually sitting next to Jill Thompson when we were at C2E2. Oh. She was sketching for a guy when we were talking to Jill Thompson. Okay. From the ComicsAlliance.com report, Roger Landridge will handle writing and art on Lil Ernie. Art Balthazar and Franco will take on Lil Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Eric Troutman and Agnes Garabowska will write and draw Lil Vampy. 
Respectively, Brandon Jerwa and Ian McGinty are the team on Lil Bionic Kids, and Lil Sonia will be by Jim Zubakavich and Joel Carroll. I could not care less. Yeah, same here. All right, moving right along. (laughs) It's just the news. We report the news. That's it. Moving on to something that I think we can both get a little bit more excited about. Dynamite will also publish a team-up between Matt Wagner's Grendel and The Shadow in a three-issue prestige format miniseries written and drawn by Wagner. The series will feature Hunter Rose, arguably the most familiar version of Grendel, traveling in time to the 1930s. Dynamite's press release describes the series saying, quote, When an arcane artifact comes into his possession, Grendel finds himself thrust into a world for which he seems destined where style and violence intersect to form a dazzling golden age. I really, really enjoyed Matt Wagner's Grendel back in the day. I have never read a single page of Grendel. It got kind of weird later on, but I really liked some of the early stuff. I'm kind of shocked that Dark Horse has nothing to do with this. Grendel is creator-owned, man. I mean, I guess it is. It's just it's always lived at Dark Horse. Yeah, I know. And in fact, when I went to Comics Alliance to read about the announcement, it was actually tagged with a Dark Horse tag maybe there but they did not mention dark horse at all i wonder if it's a co thing or I, something. but I why know. i mean I don't know. matt I, wagner owns grendel i guess he can do so, whatever he wants with it yeah. regardless this sounds cool and uh the art that they showed is beautiful might make me care about the shadow you like the shadow i thought I liked the shadow now that David listed. All right. Finally, classic gold key characters, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, Magnus, Robot Fighter, Solar, Man of the Atom, and just plain old Dr. Spectre have a new home. <laughs> Dynamite will launch their gold key revival in February with an all-star lineup of writers, Mark Wade on Dr. Spectre, Fred Van Lenty on Magnus, Greg Pak on Turok, and Frank Barberi, the writer of Five Ghosts, which we both really liked, on Solar. Mirko Kolak and Corey Smith are the only artists announced so far, but the books they're working on remain unknown. This sounds awesome. Uh, these these sound a lot better than the Dark Horse revivals oh, of these characters. God, yeah. Even though Willie Toots defended them yeah. on our website. <laughs> uh, I'm into Frank, uh, Frank, Fred Van Lenty on Magnus, mm-hmm. Mark Wade on anything. Anything he wants to do. I will read. And I've never really cared about Turok, but... I'll, I'll give it a try by think, Greg Pak. I think Turok is a really interesting character. I think all these characters are very interesting, and I've always wanted to care about them, but never really did. I did like it when Warren Ellis wrote Solar for a little bit there. He did some interesting stuff with that, and there's no reason why that character can't be really cool. This is, what, the fourth or fifth time they've tried to reinvigorate this these characters? This will be the fourth time. And maybe at three different companies? <laughs> At four company, four four times, four, four different companies. companies. The original Valiant, Acclaim, Dark Horse, and this. Here's the hoping that uh, Dynamite's got what it takes. I like the lineup. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give them all a try for Could sure. Could be fun. Moving over to Dark Horse, and yet still speaking of Dynamite, the publisher will collaborate with Dark Horse on a Conan Red Sonya crossover. Co-written by Brian Wood and Gail Simone, marking the first time the characters have appeared together in 15 years. This makes me wonder why, if they aren't also working with Dynamite on the Grendel shadow thing. I, I understand why you keep thinking that, but Grendel is a creator-owned property. I get it. Red Sonia is not. I get it. They just happen to be doing this, though. It's, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> sure. Regardless. It was Matt Wagner's decision, not Dark Horse's. I got it. Brian Wait. Wood and Gail Simone. 
it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Her Red Sonia is good. I'll I be like honest. It. I don't read either book. Oh, so. Conan is wonderful. Brian Woods Conan, wonderful stuff. I, I wanted to read it. I just, I fell behind and never caught up. So good. Dark Horse announced a new season of the Whedonverse in the form of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 10 by Christos Gage and Rebecca Isaacs, who's great, and the continuation of Angel and Faith by Victor Gitchler, who can't stop writing about vampires, and Will Conrad. This is interesting because Christos Gage and Rebecca Isaacs were the creative team of Angel and Faith, and they're moving over to the quote-unquote parent book. Right. From what I can tell, the only creative team. Whereas before they had kind of rotating writers. Yeah, it was going like by arcs, I believe. Uh, like George Janty did all the art, but it had right. rotating writers. So this is kind of interesting. Angel and Faith was very good. I lost track of it. It was very good. But Victor Gishler, I, re- I did really like Kiss Me Satan. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe when he's turned loose, he can do some really great stuff. I haven't particularly loved a lot of what he's written and a lot of what he's written. I would say the overwhelming amount of it is about vampires. Yeah. I'm interested in giving it a try though. So Victor Gishler might be a vampire. Just keep your eye on him. If he's in the building, (laughs) he might be also discussed was serenity leaves on the wind, a five issue series written by Zach Whedon, brother of Joss with art by Buffy mainstay, George's Janty leaves on the wind will be a canonical follow up. I love that word. I do too follow-up to the Serenity movie, taking place almost nine months after the film. Outside of comic books and Bible discussion, I don't think you get to drop canonical. Canonical, right? Exactly. (laughs) I am interested in this because all the Serenity comics up till now have been like untold tales. Right. Like with it, like, you know, prequels of the characters doing stuff. But this is more like Buffy season whatever where right. it carries on the story and i am into it i'm into it as well i got a little pissed off because i was watching the news and it's like whedon returns to right serenity no no not that whedon his brother you know <laughs> uh. i'm okay with that because uh, zach whedon wrote the yeah. serenity uh shepherd's tale hardcover and it was great by chris somney yeah and it was wonderful zach whedon is very good it's just not the whedon i thought it was gonna be i'm sure. still gonna pick this up i'm excited yeah me too we both love serenity it's gonna be fun yeah another dark horse news veil a new creator owned miniseries by greg rucka and tony fejuzula fejuzula <laughs> that's f-e-j-z-u-l-a tony write us tell us how to say your damn name we'll launch in march CBR described the series saying, quote, a beautiful girl wakes up in an abandoned subway station with no memory of how she got there. When men try to hurt her, dot, 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 they wind up dead. Oh, my damn. Where did she come from? And what is she capable of? Veil marks Rucka's first creator-owned work with Dark Horse. Neat. Very neat. And he's writing a strong, empowered female character. That's what he does. It's funny, but Greg Rucka is really good at it. Yeah. Better than a lot of women than write these characters. I'm going to go out on a limb and say all of Greg Rucka's creator-owned work yeah. is about empowered women, female leads. Pretty much. I can't think of one off the top of my head that is not about a female lead. No. Lazarus. Uh, I get Queen and Country technically is ensemble, but let's be real. Well, Tara Chase a, is the Yeah, there's still the definitely a female lead. Queen and Country, uh, Lazarus. White Out. White Out. Yeah. Even GCPD featured, prominently featured. Two, but that's like, a DC work. I mean, I'm talking. No, and, but I'm even just, so, yeah. they were front and center. Well, I think it's featured. awesome. And I think, oh, Stumptown was the one I was Stumptown, trying to think. Stumptown, so uh, good. I think that anything from Greg Rucka 
is a good thing. And I love that he's doing like a horror book. Yeah, worth the price of admission. Totally. Definitely. David Lapham has not one, but two new projects coming from Dark Horse in the year ahead. Kid McAllister follows the adventures of an elderly cowboy with electrical powers stuck in the body of a preteen fighting off a secret alien invasion. Only in comic books, folks. (laughs) Juice Squeezers, a Dark Horse Presents story about small town kids waging an underground war with giant bugs, will graduate to its own series in January. I don't read Dark Horse Presents, so I haven't seen this Juice Squeezers thing. This kid McAllister sounds bonkers. I want to read the pitch. <laughs> so, like, you just write Dark Horse and say, hey, I've got a couple wacky ideas. Yeah. It's, Do you want them? And Dark Horse went, sure. <laughs> he's an old man. He's an old cowboy whose powers stunted his growth at age 12. And with He has electric powers. Electric powers. In. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. It but has to work. I am. I am. I think that one sounds fun for sure. Juice squeezers. We'll see. But I, I am into Kid McAllister. There wasn't a whole lot of news coming from Image in the con, but they did have their own con. <laughs> so right. all of their stuff came at the Image Expo, right. Expo, which we get. They did save a little bit. Outcast, a new horror series by Robert Kirkman and Paul Azaceta, will launch in early 2014 from Kirkman's Skybound imprint. Outcast stars Kyle Barnes, a young man that was once a victim of demonic possession who has found himself involved in similar events ever since. From the Comics Alliance report of a conference call held with multiple news sites, we got this quote. After years of torment, Barnes reaches a point in which he decides he needs to explore exactly what has been occurring to him and the people around him all this time. Eventually, he'll discover that the issues go far deeper than just what has been done to him and his loved ones and will potentially affect the entire world. Naturally, the series is already in development for television. I can't (laughs) wait to see the Witch Doctor crossover. I think that this sounds interesting. I love Paul Azaceta. Yeah, he's great. I'm I'm happy for him to get this high, high profile gig. Yeah, it is very interesting, I think. And I appreciate the fact that Kirkman commented on the whole TV thing where it's like, look, I just wanted to write a comic, but now I'm in this position where people are just waiting for me to come up with a new idea. Well, his name is Gold now. Yeah, it's like there's nothing he can do about it. He was just like, well, I kind of want to do this comic about demonic presence. Done. Yeah. And and Fox scoops up the rights. We've already cast it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's an interesting uh, position he's put himself in. And uh, or that he finds himself in, and uh, I just thought it was very nice that he commented like he's not trying to hide the fact. Just like, look, I'm like, this is how it is now. Yeah. Not, this is not what, what my crazy life is like now. Without reading a single issue, I'd like to see Jason Priestley in the role. I think he needs to come back. Time for him to reseize his fame. <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Let's move over to the big two, starting with DC. They're bound to have something. The publisher touched on the recently announced Forever Evil Blight crossover happening between DC's magic-themed books, Justice League Dark, Constantine, Pandora, etc., etc. Writer Ray Fox said, quote, If you rip a hole in the universe to an evil universe... There has to be ripples that occur in the supernatural side of things. I would argue that whole thing sounds kind of supernatural. You know? Yeah. Like, if you dive into the ocean, you're going to get wet. You're like, yeah, well, 
No sh. <laughs> this is actually this is actually more what it says. If you dive into the ocean, you'll definitely be in the ocean. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like, chances are you're in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was announced, uh, I believe, one or two weeks ago. Yes. At the end of the week after we had already recorded, so we didn't touch on it. But I don't think they had this title. I think it, they did. It was called Blight. Was it called Blight? And okay. they had promo art for the villain, and it's this sprawling like eighteen part crossover Ugh. between four or five different books I, I mean i don't know sounds exhausting <laughs> yes it does sound like a huge commitment but yeah. i don't know i i'm not excited about it but i'm willing to give it a try i'm having a lot of trouble caring about That's forever evil kind of i'm enjoying forever evil the proper. main series forever evil proper yes uh beyond that well we'll talk about that a little bit we'll i I, I reviewed we'll uh one of the tie-ins in my five this week so during one of DC's panels, the inevitable Wally West question came up, and Brian Butchelato said, quote, everything in its due time. When the time is right, Wally will return. I do believe this is the most direct statement about Wally to come from DC since the relaunch. I would also like to point out it's from a guy that is leaving the Flashbook. It's true. It's true. Which says to me... Yeah, it might happen someday. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, while it, like, it is a direct statement, Wally will return. Yeah, but I have to wonder if Dan DiDio pinched him under the table, you know. But it something. doesn't really mean anything. Or push the button on his explosive collar as he left the room. Like, I, is Brian okay? Do we know he's still alive? I only included it because of the other sites, like, when they were doing their panel reporting, did touch on that as, like, a thing to grab people's attention. It was said. It is meaningless essentially meaningless. no announcements were made it's meaningless i think it's in light of some news coming up a little later here uh, you know maybe there is a glimmer of hope but there are definitely no plans or at least if there are they have not been announced or shared with anyone else speaking of the flash creative team bucciletto and manipul will be taking over detective comics early next year in an interview with usa today bucciletto said quote there is a perception that francis and i <laughs> Francis and I are best suited for lighter fare because of our run on the vibrant, fast-moving world of Barry Allen. But we also have a gritty and dark side that we'll tap into as we get into the mind of the Dark Knight. The writer also revealed that their run will focus on the detective aspect of the character, which is nice because the book is called Detective comics. Well, it's true. <laughs> but ideally, you would hope that right. it's not that the other books are ignoring the fact that he's a detective. No, no, no. Ideally, yes. But back sort of like when I feel Batman was really in its wheelhouse, sort of like late 90s, they were doing a really good job of detective comics being the detective book with Batman solving crime mysteries and Batman proper as a superhero title. And I kind of like it that way. I like the separation. The art will be great. No matter what. <laughs> yeah, the art's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I'm more curious than excited. Yeah, neither of these guys are bad writers. It's just hard Their for Flash me. Their Flash run was good. It was fine. Not great. It was fine. I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't, you know, I'm not head over heels about it. That's not to say that they're not improving, or maybe they can do even better on Batman. I don't know. We'll see. And this isn't the biggest announcement, but it's not a bad one either. DC talked about the upcoming Detective Comics number 27, which will be a 96-page homage to Batman's first appearance in 1939. The massive issue will have contributions from Neil Adams, Paul Dini, Brad Meltzer, Greg Hurwitz, Pete Tomasi, Dustin Nguyen, Francesco Francavilla, 
And surprisingly, Dark Knight Returns and year one creator, Frank Miller. I want to call my shot. I predict two pages from Frank Miller. N- unfair. They said it was two pages. Oh, did they really? Yes, they oh, did. Oh, I did not read that. All right. <laughs> Variant covers for the issue will feature art. I bet he's drawing it with his feet right now. (laughs) The variant covers for the issue will feature art by Jim Lee, Greg Capullo, Chris Burnham, Kelly Jones, awesome, Patrick Gleason, and Mike Allred, also awesome. All-star lineup. This will be fun. Like Detective Comics is a fun book right now. Yeah. It's fun. And this is certainly a huge cast of very 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 good talent and i think it's a cool way to do it rather than making it like supersized batman showcase special number one or whatever like it's fun they're just doing it for detective well they did the same thing That's with fun. number 19 yeah which was supposed to be detective 900 right and uh it was just yeah it was several short stories it was and good. it was a really great read it was good i think this sounds like fun finally dc announced batman eternal a year-long weekly series in the vein of 52, Countdown, and Trinity from years past. The series will coincide with the 75th anniversary of The Dark Knight and will be scripted by a writing team led by Scott Snyder, featuring the talents of James Tinian IV, Tim Seeley, Ray Fox, and John Lehman. I like all those guys. Yeah. Jason Fabok was the only artist announced, but it's likely the series will feature a rotating art team as well. No way that dude draws an entire year's worth no, of weekly no, no, books. No, 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 no. Batman Eternal will focus on both Batman and the larger world of Gotham City, including peripheral characters, heroes, and villains. One of those featured characters will be Stephanie Brown, a fan favorite from the pre-relaunched DC Universe who will make her new 52 debut as the spoiler. You screamed about it four years ago, and four years later, we listened. <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> I, I think that's cool. I mean... It'll be like everything else in the DC universe. It'll be her appearing for the first time with none of the history that people loved about her. Yeah, that's... No, no, don't take away. They are doing something. This is a positive thing. No, I'm not... She is a fan favorite character. I agree, and I'm not saying it's not a positive thing. I'm saying the jerk in me. I'm the problem. The jerk in me finds it hard to get excited. And I really like this character because of what you just said. It's going to be the Stephanie Brown that you and I don't recognize minus all the history we liked about her. Hard for me to care. But that does not mean that... doesn't mean it's bad, and it doesn't mean that the series is going to be bad. It does not mean that a team of this talent will not be able to make us care about a new version of this character. Fair enough. Like, a reboot is a reboot. You know, right. they're going to reintroduce a character, and I hopefully hope that, it's good. I hope they do a great job. So much Batman. Batman, Batman, Batman. But don't you think this is what DC has been doing for 10 years now? It's true. But uh, now, to be fair, now, I, l- I love Batman, but... D- where is DC's focus on making the rest of their line as good as Batman? Yes, that's and what, that's maybe what I'm they think they're trying. No, it doesn't look like I'm they're trying. I am not seeing it in a lot of areas. But to be perfectly fair, Marvel does it too, and we're going to get to it right now. As a matter of fact, but it's Avengers, 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 Avengers. Oh, it is. But I would still argue like X Men is still just as good as it's always been and very high quality. It's true, but. Like, for the same reason I would say, don't give me four Batman books. Right. Give me one or two great Batman books. Right. And then Booster Gold and, or Zatanna or, or Power even, Girl. Or even a Batwoman or Batgirl book that are on the same level of quality. You know? Well, I mean, rather than 
Batman, 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 Batman. You know, it, this just seems to be what they've been doing for 10 years. I just, I would rather they did not flood the market with the same character over and right. over instead of taking a chance on something that might be more critically acclaimed. Like, Marvel has a little bit more freedom to do that, even though they are flooding the market with Avengers product. Yes. They are also taking chances with books like Hawkeye, but DC is kind of locked into this 52 thing. It seems that they're very careful. They're being very, they're being overly careful. They're so locked into this idea of they have to have 52 titles. Yeah. That they're, I feel like they're, they're more worried about having 52 titles than, at any given time. Than having quality titles. Like maybe have 40 titles and have them yeah. all be amazing. Have them kick ass. Right? <laughs> I mean, really. Too much booty in the pan. Over at Marvel, Joey Q and the boys finally revealed the full poop on their one-word teasers, which continue to roll out after our initial report a few weeks ago. We're going to start with Overdrive, an all-new Ghost Rider coming in March by Felipe Smith and Trad Moore. I know Trad Moore's name. I don't know Felipe Smith. Felipe Smith did a book for... Freelancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It was about two ladies. Yes. They were bounty hunters. The title will feature a new character possessed by the spirit of vengeance named Robbie Reyes. Setting this version of the character apart from others is his tendency to favor old muscle cars instead of flaming motorcycles. It's true. Sinners, speaking of Ghost Rider, fear not, Johnny Blaze fans, the original Ghost Rider will be joining Charles Soule's Thunderbolts series this February. I don't like either of these. Uh... My Ghost Rider rides a motorcycle. Secondly, well, but the the point is that Johnny Blake, the the real Ghost Rider, quote unquote, is still around. I get it. He's in. He's going to be in Thunderbolts. What I'm saying is, if you want to introduce a new Ghost Rider and you want to make me care about him, you got to kill the other ones. There should only be one Ghost Rider. I don't like multiple Spirits of Vengeance. But you know what? It's dumb. It waters down the character. There hasn't been only one Ghost Rider for a number of years. I get that. And I'm saying that's been a problem with Ghost Rider for a number of years. I found it very... Did you read Jason Aaron's run on Ghost Rider? Yeah, and I didn't love it. You are you are crazy. I did not love it. You're out of your mind, sir. I did not love it. Oh, no, 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 no. You are wrong. I thought he had some clever ideas. I'm just sick of multiple Ghost Riders. Give me one. And I don't need Ghost Rider in a muscle car. And I don't need Ghost Rider in the Thunderbolts. What is the Spirit of Vengeance doing in the damn Thunderbolts? Did they arrest him? He's the Spirit of Vengeance. No, this version of Thun- this is not that version of Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts is this is the the team of it, it's Venom and Red Hulk and where they're like doing and the Punisher. They're not the criminals being forced to do things by the government anymore. They're still Marvel Suicide Squad. No, they are not. Oh, they're not. No. Stop paying attention. The, this current version of the Thunderbolts is Red Hulk, Elektra, the Punisher, right. Venom, and Deadpool. Right. And they are just going on missions on their own recognizance. They're not being forced in anything by the government. They're not arrested. They're not convicts. Regardless, the Spirit of Vengeance is not a team player. I don't like it. He's a one-man... You're wrong, player. sir. He was in the Champions he in was, the 70s. He was also in the Fantastic Four, briefly. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I am interested, uh, at least in theory, because I like Trad Moore a lot. I like Trad Moore too, and I like to see him getting paid. And it's a different. They they are saying that it is a different take on Ghost Rider, right? And I'm willing to give it a shot. Like he's not going to be dry. He's going to be driving around like old GTOs and so and technically Ghost Driver. Ghost Driver. <laughs> in fact, I will only refer to it as Ghost Driver every time we talk about it. Now, whatever. I'm I'm willing to give it a try. Moving along, Rad. 
was indeed Silver Surfer by Dan Slott and Mike Allred. Good call. Slot described the series saying, quote, this book is going to be the most Kirby-ish of characters doing the most insane stuff in cosmic places. He's always very lonely on that surfboard. So this is a book about him bringing a girl on board. What? He's going to meet a kindred spirit who's an Earth girl, and he's going to learn that the universe is more fun when you see it with somebody, uh, which makes it sound just like Doctor Who. Kind of. <laughs> that dance lot is like an enormous Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Defend. The Iron Patriot Ongoing stars James Rhodes by Ailes Cott and Gary Brown. I don't care. Uh, I'll read it. I don't I'll, I'll give it a try. I, I'll, I'll give it a read, but I'm not excited. <laughs> Turns out the one word teaser, Defend, was not at all we thought it was. It is an Iron Patriot Ongoing starring James Rhodes by Ailes Cott and Gary Brown. I like James Rhodes a lot as a character. I don't feel like he's been used very well he's been in secret avengers and i don't read that book well they've just been trying to do so much weird stuff with the character for a long time a long time and this might be better and i'm willing to give it a shot ales cot turns out we've liked some of the stuff he's done recently we didn't love his suicide squad Uh, we didn't but we did love his zero highly of it his zero however blew me away yeah so maybe it'll be fun speaking of ales cot Frenemies, your one-word teaser, referred to a relaunch Secret Avengers by Ailes Cott and Michael Walsh, the team that brought us Zero. Cott described it as, quote, Michael Bay meets Arrested Development. Just the word Michael Bay makes me <laughs> a little a woozy. Little, a little nervous. The new squad features Spider-Woman, Nick Fury Jr., Black Widow, Hawkeye, and... Bill Coulson, plus an unidentified sixth member that may or may not be... Modoc. The way they describe this book makes it sound like it may be sort of a comedy. It sounds like it might have to be. Which seems kind of strange for Secret Avengers. Yeah, I don't know. I give it six issues. I don't know. I mean, it sounds fun. Like, if Modoc is somehow on the team, I'm kind of into that. I guess. But it sounds very next wavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But uh, Mind Bubble, as we discussed before, is the third arc in Rick Remender's Captain America. With art by Pascal Alix and Nick Klein, Dr. Mindbubble is the product of Weapon Minus, an initiative started by S.H.I.E.L.D. in response to the Weapon Plus program that created Captain America, Wolverine, Phantom X, and others. Reading a little bit about <laughs> Remeter's idea for this, it's like they mixed their test subjects with Super Soldier Serum and LSD. Whoa. And so Dr. Mindbubble is super crazy, like, feel-good super soldier guy. <laughs> I don't know. It looks bonkers. The word global did not, in fact, refer to the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. book we were betting on. It's, in fact, The Avengers World, written by Nick Spencer, based on stories by Spencer and Jonathan Hickman, with art by Stefano Caselli, who we both really like. Yes. The series will feature the same cast as a main Avengers title, which seems odd. However, the parent book is scaling back to one issue per month following Infinity, so perhaps this is just filling that gap and giving Hickman a break. Probably going to be all right. Do we need another Avengers book? Eh. If they're scaling back Avengers to once a month and then just taking that extra issue a month and making it another entirely all-new series... yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I will definitely read it, mm-hmm. but this is what I was saying at the end of the DC section. I So much Avengers stuff. Right. So much Avengers No, stuff. definitely. And a terrible title. I'm sorry. Avengers World, dumb. 
And, and instead and of this, like, if you're going to scale back Avengers to once a month, don't launch another Avengers book. No. Give me Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, or whatever. Or, you know <laughs> yeah, or what? Give me Avengers West Coast. Yeah. Hey, hey. I'm into that. And you know what? Call New Avengers, Avengers Illuminati, and call this West Coast Avengers, you know? And I'm, boom, I'm in. <laughs> and Descent was referring to Avengers Undercover a new ongoing series by the Avengers Arena team of Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker. The series features the survivors of Arena going undercover in the Masters of Evil to destroy it from the inside. Sort of a reverse Thunderbolts, if you remember the original series. Hopeless said that after the events of Avengers Arena, the survivors find they might fit in better with the villains. So I can't figure out if Avengers Arena is ending or continuing. It's ending. I think it's ending, right? It's ending and it's going to become this. I But see, they're saying that this isn't like a sequel to Avengers Arena. It's more like, well, okay. It's the next this chapter. Is, this is the company line where it's like, it's not a sequel, man. It's a response. Yeah, it's the next chapter. Uh, you mean a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> this is just the next chapter in what's happening to these characters. I really like Kev Walker and Dennis Hopeless. I've loved Avengers Arena. Oh, yeah. It has been fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this sounds interesting and it sounds like a logical progression for what these characters have gone through. Yes. Uh, I, I just, like, I, I could have sworn they said that Avengers Arena was not ending, but it was going to be told in seasons. Hey, they changed their mind. It happens. So, but th they also never said anything about Avengers Arena ending in the panel. So, I don't know. Regardless, this does sound fun. Yeah, it does. Even though it's more Avengers branding, but I mean, hey. Well, they're barely the Avengers. Right. I don't even know why they call that book Avengers Arena. To sell it? To sell it. But that's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, to sell it. The word trust referred to Loki, agent of Asgard, by Al Ewing and Lee Garbett, featuring the adult Loki, not kid Loki. According to Ewing, quote, the first thing you need to know, page one, panel one, Loki kills Thor. He's dead. Dead, dead, dead. Second thing you need to know, we are always, always, always going to lie to you. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this because I really like young Loki in the pages of Young Avengers, Young Avengers, which is probably going to be canceled soon because the sales are in the toilet, even though it's a great book. Uh, they it's did say they mentioned something about an upcoming issue issue of Young Avengers addressing uh, how we get to kid Loki to the adult Loki again, the transition. Regardless, it could be fun. Um, I don't recognize Al Ewing's name. Al Ewing is the writer of Mighty Avengers. Oh, okay. and Lee Garbett. Uh, I know was the artist of DC's Batgirl, starring Stephanie Brown. Yes. Back in the days of yore. Back in the day. A couple of quick announcements here. Atonement, the Atonement teaser, was referring to a new Black Widow series by Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto. Awesome. Yeah, about time they figured out this one. <laughs> and Trial and Judgment did indeed refer to the Trial of Jean Grey crossover coming between all new X-Men and Guardians of the Galaxy as we previously speculated. The young X-Men are finally getting new costumes, which was announced by Bendis an eternity ago, and it just never happened. So if they're getting new costumes, rest assured, they're not going home at the end of Battle of the Atom. No, they they came out and said, it's like, look, spoilers, they're not going home. Yeah. But I mean, I knew that's the whole premise of all new X-Men. They're not going home. Right. The word wrath referred to Richard Eisenhoff, who's bringing us the story of Logan in the Dust Bowl during the Prohibition era in the pages of Savage Wolverine, beginning with issue 14. Eh, I'll read it. Whatever. Yeah. I was expecting something a little bit more oomphy. Oh, you know. <laughs> like, 
teaser worthy. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it, it seems to me that like they started doing this and everyone freaked out and they're like, man, f- it. let's do this for all the books. Yeah, this is like, it's just the next storyline. Right. It's not a, even a big deal. Corporate, the one word mystery teaser was talking about all new X Factor by Peter David and Carmine DG and Domenico. The new series features a corporately sponsored team brought together by Serval Industries, a thinly veiled Google analog with a super humanitarian agenda. I was going to correct you and be like, uh, several. (laughs) (laughs) By several industries. The team will be comprised of X-Factor mainstays Quicksilver and Polaris, along with Gambit and three unrevealed members. (gasps) David said the idea was inspired by the real-life antics of companies like Google that involve themselves in world affairs in a more or less positive way, like funding space travel and cancer research, etc. Why not superheroes? I think this sounds great. I'm really, really, really happy to see Peter David still has a place in uh, Marvel. Yeah, because Peter David is excellent. And that X Factor is continuing. And I think that they came to the logical conclusion of the whole private eye version. Sure. And so... I think this sounds a lot of like yeah. a lot of no. Fun. I like that they're not forcing it, and inevitably, you know, they're going to deal with this corporation w- wanting to do things contrary to like the characters' interests and being sort of sinister, right? And it's going to be uh, it's going to lend itself to some fun stories. I think that was the end of the one word teaser discussion. They moved on for some other news, including X twenty three will join the cast of all new X Men. So she also survives Avengers Arena. Spoiler! <laughs> the cover of the issue 20 shows her locking lips with young Cyclops. Yikes! Kiss me, you killing machine. <laughs> hey, Professor Wolverine, can I make out with your weird clone daughter? I have no problem with X-23. I actually think she's kind of fun. I don't really feel much for the character. I don't dislike her, but she just doesn't do a lot for me. Let, let me phrase it differently. Like I, I like her, but her presence in a book does not right. increase or decrease my interest in that book. You don't like her like her. <laughs> right, right. I don't want to make out I like out her, but her. I don't like like her. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> the fate of the Ultimate Universe was touched on very briefly, but no concrete details were given. Editor Mark... Panachia staged an emotional outburst and stormed out of the room to dodge the question. (laughs) He later returned after the panel had moved on. Several news sites described the moment as weird and awkward. (laughs) So it was fake, right? Yeah, like the well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fake, and but like the whole the question was essentially: Is the Marvel is the Ultimate Universe gone? He's like, ah. Damn it! I can't handle it anymore! And he he stormed out. That's great. That's fun. Weird. Marvel's getting really good at this. Yeah. Both Fantastic Four and FF will end with their 16th issues in January, contrary to early reports that they would continue with different creative teams following the departure of writer Matt Fraction. In a post on IGN that was unconfirmed by Marvel, then later removed... The site reported that Fantastic Four would relaunch with new first issues by the creative team of James Robinson and Leonard Kirk. According to IGN, the series will start with, quote, the demise of the Fantastic Four, then flashback to explore the events leading to that moment. IGN reported it as fact. Yeah. And then later removed it. And Marvel did not say a word about what was coming after the finale huh? all they said was fantastic four's ending matt fraction's moving on the books are going away 
And it's also going to be the end of Tom Brevoort's tenure as editor on the Fantastic Four, which I believe was a record-breaking run. Yeah, I think like so. Like, he edited a record-breaking number of issues. 75 years or something. <laughs> like, uh, like, just on Fantastic Four alone, he edited, I think, like, a hundred and... Almost 200 issues of that book. And, gotta uh, be. Yeah, gotta be. And, yeah, that's more than any other editor. James Robinson, not working for DC anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I am interested. I think that this is like we remember we did a nerd bet. Yeah, because it was going to be Carl Kessel, right? And the Allreds were going to work, keep working on it. Yeah, and they were going to keep the books going after Fraction left, and he was going to like story by you know plot <laughs> plotting them, but not writing them. Right. And uh, the nerd bet you was said it wouldn't last more than they would issues. cancel it. Yeah. yeah. And they just didn't even get that far. No. They were just like, you know what? Let's do something completely different. Didn't even make it eight issues. <laughs> if this... So you're not getting credit for that nerd bet. No, that's fair. Now, <laughs> if, if this is real, if the, if the Robinson and Kirk thing is real, let's call our shot here. Okay? Are we going to get the James Robinson that we love? Are we going... Or, like, are we going to see James Robinson without editorial, free to do what he wishes, and we're going to love it, or are we going to get watered down, not so great team book, James Robinson? What do you think? Well, why would I? Why would I? I'm not saying what you hope for. For anything, why would I expect anything but the best? What do you think? What do you? Hope I'm for? hopeful. You're hopeful. Yeah, I'm cautious here. I mean, I think this will be the test. I'm not going to say let's bet on it, but I think this is going to be the real litmus test of is James Robinson still the guy that we used to love? Well, I think he is because the shade was amazing, and Earth Two was very good as well. Earth Two was. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, you know, like that Justice League book at this point now was several years ago. Right. And it was one book with an unfortunate cast. It was horrible. And I agree, it's not good. It was horrible. But I think that James Robinson still has it. Okay. And I think that the switch to Marvel is exactly what he needs. Uh, I hope so. You know, with, uh, with a company that wants him to tell stories right. like will there not be editorial interference there is always editorial interference quote unquote in every book you read well sure it's just whether or not it becomes a public problem right <laughs> and i think that marvel has established that currently they are the company to be for creators that just want to tell really good stories right in a, in an existing shared universe and i am very hopeful for both of robinson's books assuming that the fantastic four rumor is true Joey Q teased the idea of a female-led Marvel movie by telling fans not to miss Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which I know we were going to skip it. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to give it a big pass. That's very cryptic. I, I wonder what that could mean. Like, I don't know. Sharon Carter? What if it's Carol Danvers? What if it's Ms. Marvel? I mean, maybe. Or Captain Marvel? I don't know. I would be totally into that. I could be. She didn't really have anything to do with the Winter Soldier. She didn't. Sharon Carter did. Black Widow did. Black Widow did. But they, I mean, they're not, they wouldn't tease with the Black Widow movie. But, like I'm, but this would probably be like a teaser, maybe, like they teased at the end of the, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I think that's cryptic, but I'm very curious. Is money still on Captain Marvel? I would love it to be Captain Marvel okay. because I don't want to see a yeah. Black Widow movie. I don't want to. Starring Scarlett Johansson. Or like a Sharon Carter movie or something. It's just another watered down version of Black Widow. 
you know? Right. And like, I love Sharon Carter. I do too. And I love the Black Widow. And I'm fine with her being in a cat movie. But what I want is, like, the reason I'm gunning so much for Captain Marvel, she is Thor level tough. You know, she can fly. Is she, she that the, tough? And, but I mean, she is, like, she's not a human woman that gets by on her wits and, and training. Right. She's wh- a which is nothing wrong with that. But she is, like, upper echelon powerful. Yeah, she's a badass. And so she, I think would be a great uh female character to lead off with okay yes finally the wait is over marvel announced they will begin reprinting the original miracle man material written by alan moore and neil gaiman with restored artwork modern lettering (laughs) i don't know what that means they're going to be re-lettered with modern techniques (laughs) supplemental material like creator interviews and all new covers by the likes of john cassidy lineal Yu. Alan Davis, Mark Buckingham, Scotty Young, which means we're going to get a baby version and more. What they showed the baby version? Oh god! It's uh, I mean it's cool. What's more is the conclusion of the previously unfinished series will finally be told by Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham, the creators that were working on the title when Eclipse Comics collapsed twenty years ago. Interesting note: they're calling it Miracle Man, not marvel man they're also going way out of their way not to even mention someone with the initials a m it sounds like alan moore it sounds just like alan moore <laughs> we, uh I, I it's not their fault that this is anticlimactic news just because there's been so much like legal that we have reported on and read in the news you know and and it's cool i guess i'll read it i'm gonna have to revisit the old stuff because it's been so long but i'm not terribly excited about this is there something wrong with me you know what i disagree i am i am very excited i I think that this right now is the biggest announcement of comic-con real okay and i mean i don't want to get too i don't want to get too into what we were excited about because we're going to do the answer of the week but I think that this is huge news. I think that this is what fans have been asking for ever since Marvel got the rights to the character. I definitely agree with that. And for them to say, not only are we going to finally put that material that has been so hard to find back into print, we are going to finish the story that Neil started Mm -hmm. and maybe even continue it because he said that he could go on if they wanted. Well... I doubt they'll want him. To yeah, Marvel, Marvel <laughs> definitely. No, 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 no. No, no. Just wrap, wrap up your old, wrap up your twenty year old story, and we'll call it good. Right. I think it is very interesting and curious. I'd like to know why they're calling it Miracle Man again after just pounding home Marvel Man, Marvel Man, Marvel Man uh, when they first got the license. I think they always wanted to call it Miracle Man, but the idea was. I do not agree. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to call it Marvel Man. Well, what I'm saying is, I think they switched gears to call it Marvel Man again because they were Marvel and it was easier than having to deal with the legal BS. But after they had the win, the huge win that they did, they said, well, everybody knows this is Miracle Man. Why are we fighting it? Let's call it Miracle Man. Yeah. You know? I think that this is a really big announcement from marvel and i think it's a huge win Uh, i like the fact that they are you know they're touching up the artwork joe i'm sorry to interrupt you 
But we have breaking news coming in from the New York Comic Con right now as we speak. So we, we had some final news coming out of New York Comic Con. Joe Patrick is going to recap all of it, and we'll just hit on it real quick like this is already the longest damn show in the history of the <laughs> internet. <laughs> from the Spider-Man panel, we have some more confirmations of teasers, including the end which was not what I was hoping or betting wah, on. Wah. Uh, rather than being uh, the end of Superior Spider-Man, it is just the culmination of everything going on in the book currently with uh, Otto Octavius versus uh, the forces of the Green Goblin, etc., etc. Meh. Yeti, yeti, yeti. I mean, I'll read it, but not an exciting teaser. Yeah. Higher was referring to Kelly Sue DeConnick and David Lopez on Captain Marvel. David Lopez. Awesome. Awesome. Love that guy. Kelly Sue says they're taking Captain Marvel cosmic. And she says, quote, you know that moment in the song, the devil went down to Georgia. I done told you once, you son of a gun. I'm the best it's ever been. That's Carol. (laughs) I love Kelly Sue. That's an awesome quote. I love Kelly Sue, too. Uh, The assassin teaser points to a new Electra ongoing series by Zeb Wells with art by Mike Del Mundo. Barely care. I just don't like reading Electra solo stories. I think Electra's just played out. I think she's a perfectly good side character. I don't need to read her in her own book. I agree. I agree. I'm not into that. Yeah. Don't. I'm, I'll try it. Yeah. But if, I'm, if it's good, great. Yeah. But the hunted teaser is a relaunch of The Punisher by Nathan Edmondson and Mitch Garretts, the creative team of The Activity. Punisher books are a tough sell, like you said, when yeah. we were off camera or off mic. It's just hard to get invested because yeah, I love Punisher comics, and when they're well done, they're great. Greg Rucka gave us a fantastic one. Nobody read it, and 16 issues later, it's gone. Yeah, how could like how can Greg Rucka have a canceled right. Punisher book? I know. I mean, it's it almost seems like if it's not Garth Ennis, nobody cares, right. but... Regardless, I think that that's a great team for that character, Yeah, I and hope, I am going to read it. I hope it's great. And the final teaser, perhaps the one closest to Joe Patrick's heart, oh boy. was War by the creative team of Chris Yost and Marcus Toe, bringing back the new Warriors. Great. I didn't even dare to dream. Hip, hip, hooray. Ah, <laughs> new Warriors will feature original team members Justice and Speedball alongside the new Nova and Scarlet Spider, as well as a newer character named Sun Girl, and some brand new characters, uh, an Inhuman, an Atlantean, and a Mutant. There will be more about that in other interviews later. I'm sure there's not a lot of details in the Spider-Man panel. Right, it's brand new. I am... I like Marcus, too. I like him a lot. I am super into it. I know you are. I'm super into it. And if it's good, I'll read it. You know, they're going to have to explain how the Scarlet Spider is there. That's kind of weird. Why are they going to have to explain it? He's not really a team player. If you read his book, he's kind of a jerk. Well, I'm sure that he won't necessarily... Uh, Chris, wasn't Chris Yost? Yost was writing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good place he for him to go. He can do what he wants. I don't want that character to go away because his book was actually really good. I liked it. Um, Even though Kane got way skinny. <laughs> there was a follow-up interview with Chris Yost where he talks about you know wh- where some of the original characters have gone. Night Thrasher's dead. He says Rich Rider is also dead. Then he says Namorita is trapped in the Cancerverse, which I don't remember. Huh? Yeah, I don't remember. And, uh, you know, some of the later characters like Turbo and Silhouette. We're stupid, so we're might, forgetting them. They <laughs> might show up down the road. Firestar is going to be an amazing X-Men, so they're occupied. Sure. So they're just focusing on the core group and then these new characters. Uh, Sun Girl, who is a human. Haechi, who is an inhuman. 
Arasali, who is a demigod. Whoa. Water Snake, who is an Atlantean. Terrible name. Yeah. And Scarlet Spider, who is, of course, a clone. Very diverse, I think, is their point. Yeah, that's something. So I am excited. I am very interested to read this interview to see if Chris Yost has anything fun to say. We're not going to go into it right now. But that's all the breaking news from Comic-Con. Holy crap. I can't believe we made it all the way through the con. That is your big news from Comic-Con this week. If you want to discuss these stories or everything you think we missed. Because you know there's a bunch. Oh, good God. Hit us up on our Facebook page where I am still crying that I was not in New York this weekend. Every Friday, your internet reporter Joe Patrick posts the question of the week on the THN web forum, which you can find by clicking the link at TwoHeadedNerd.com. If you're confused as to which one it is, it's the one that says forum. Joe, what it's did, that easy. <laughs> what did we ask these listeners this week? This week's question was simple. What was your favorite bit of news to come from this year's New York Comic Con? Matt and I gave you some commentary, but we're going to keep our opinions to ourselves and tell the answer of the week later this week. We love it when you call us and leave us a message with your answer. You can try Skype if you dare. The Skype handle is two-headed nerd. Or at the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Be sure to keep it under three minutes. You will get cut off. That's Google, not us. Do you have trouble with your phone or Skype? Send us an MP3. Record an MP3. Add a soundtrack if you can. Record a voice memo. Who cares? Yeah, listen. I can literally... Record a voice memo with my phone and email it to the Two Headed Nerd email. It will take 30 seconds. Send us a cassette tape. Any way you want to do it. You better record and mail it early. <laughs> and if you need more than three minutes for your response, get on the Two Headed Nerd forums and write a whole book about what you thought about the news, man. Let's get on there. Let's discuss it. Let's get to the meat of the matter. Show us your meat. <laughs> Gross. Because it matters. Due to the overwhelming deluge of Comic-Con news, we were forced to condense the review section into ludicrous speed-sized chunks. After seeing Gravity, Matt and I were so moved by the film, we called our buddy Tony Stark and had him rework one of his old space armors to fit a second head so we could leap from the International Space Station and review 10, nay, 12 of this week's new comics during our re-entry to the Earth's atmosphere. During the ludicrous speed round! Ludicrous speed! Go! Three, number one from Image. Kieran Gillen and art artist Ryan Kelly, along with the amazing colors and inks of Jordi Belair, give us the story, the real story of ancient Sparta. And it is not as macho or sexy or possibly white as Frank Miller wanted you to believe it was. It's a scary, horrible place. This was a really, really good book. Historical fiction at its best. Fans of 300 or the Golden Age. Pick this up. I loved it. Buy it. Afterlife with Archie, number one, the comic you thought you would never see from Archie Comics. (laughs) I'm sad because I wrote a gushing long-form review of this book that you will not get to hear. Suffice it to say, it's amazing. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa delivers a fun horror story with just enough connection to the Archie universe to make you care about the characters. And yet, there's enough there for horror fans that don't know Archie to stay connected. The art by Francesco Francavilla is gorgeous and terrifying and moody and he does more with three or four flat colors 
than yeah. any 10 artists can yeah. do with an entire Photoshop palette. Truly. This was an amazing read. I was talking on Twitter with some buddies the other day, Camarillo Brillo and Travis McCollum, one of the writers at TalkingComicBooks.com. Travis said, This was a genuine old-school horror comic with the classic Archie characters, unique in, ex- in its execution. I couldn't put it any better myself. Buy it. Buy it for me as well. Damn! Knock me over with a feather. It was great. Coffin Hill, number one from DC slash Vertigo. Writer Caitlin Kitteridge, who has penned a series of... Her words, dark fantasy and urban fantasy noir novels like the Nocturne City series makes her comic book debut writing a dark urban fantasy story about a woman descended from a long line of witches. I thought it was more of a uh, urban fantasy noir. (laughs) Gothy officer Eve Coffin, whose name makes Prosper Monday's name a little more palatable. And looks like an 85-pound Hot Topic spokesmodel is a smarmy, weird, bitchy, and hard-to-like police officer who gets her big break on day one of her career when she busts a well-known serial killer. The art by Inaki Miranda was pretty good, but the character designs were over-the-top, to say the least. It's hard to buy into a female cop who looks like she's a four-foot-tall 12-year-old dressed up for vampire LARPing. I'm giving this a big stink and leave it. I really did not like it. I did not. I did not like it with all my might. Suicide Squad, number 24 from DC. I grabbed this because it's a Forever Evil tie-in written by Matt Kent with art by Patrick Zercher. Love it. To be honest, these guys could have been on the book for months and I wouldn't have noticed. My disdain for the title is firmly established in the record. Starts and ends with skinny Amanda Waller. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, though, this was kind of fun. The issue features two opposing suicide squads, one made of heroes, one made of villains, both seemingly sent by Amanda Waller after the same weapon, but for different purposes. What's it all mean? There's a character named Warrant in this issue that I've never seen before, but I was actually angry that he wasn't a new version of Wild Dog. Oh, man, they missed the mark there. He could have been Wild Dog. Though I kind of liked this issue, I still don't really care about what happens to most of these characters. Which I'm sure is the point of the book. But still, I can only give it a skim it. <laughs> it's kind of the point of every book, right? Well, like, I mean, the whole their whole deal is being characters you don't there that they are expendable. I so guess. why would you care about any of them? Shaolin Cowboy number one from Dark Horse. Jeff Jarrow's Shaolin Cowboy returns in glorious fashion here, featuring the pudgy middle-aged kung fu master wielding two chainsaws attached to a staff against an army of new decrepit zombies. You don't need to know anything to jump on here. But if you want to, there's a huge and totally insane forward that will sort of bring you up to speed. (laughs) There are few artists out there working at Darrow's level, and he looks even better than ever here. I love this book. So glad to have it back. Buy this. Superman Wonder Woman number one from DC. DC's marketing of this book has been really inconsistent. I would call it bad. Is it an action book? Is it a romance book? You know, I don't know. I was kind of dreading it. But I'm happy to say that it's actually a lot of fun. Writer Charles Soule does a fantastic job juggling romance and action. And for the first time, I actually get the sense that these characters are in a real relationship not just thrown together to sell copies of Justice League and weird statues based on the cover of Justice League 12. (laughs) Tony Daniel isn't my favorite artist. I think his art can be a little stiff, but he does a really solid job here. I'm as surprised as you are. Buy it. I'm kind of a big Tony Daniel fan. I'm not going to lie. I just think that sometimes his poses are very clunky. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 
Captain America number 12 from Marvel. Writer Rick Remender kicked the crap out of Cap in his first story arc, and it looks like he's going to do it again with his new villain, Dr. Mindbubble. We also see a very emotional Cap talking with the Falcon, and this has really split nerds down the middle on whether or not it was good or bad. It was a scene that worked for me, and I gotta say it's been quite a while since we've seen Cap and the Falcon just flipping through New York. And I kind of like that Cap broke down in this issue, because you know what? He was destroyed! He spent a decade in another universe with a kid that he had taken in as his own! You bet your ass you'd cry after crap like that. That's right, <laughs> and the Falcon is like his best friend. Yes, and his girlfriend died! You know, I mean, like, come on, Let man. the dude have a moment, will you? Yes! The nuke story here is really getting good, and Carlos Pacheco was almost completely unrecognizable, but great. And I gotta say it was because of Klaus Janssen's inking, which was excellent. And like I said, we get to meet Dr. Mindbubble, whose origin is tied to Fing Fang Foom. What? Could that be any cooler? Capcom don't get much better than this. Buy it. That's so weird because it's completely contrary to what he was right? saying about his Unless origin. Unless there's another character hidden here that this character they introduce us to I don't know, but or, they said this is the first appearance of Dr. Mindbubble. Or because it's all psychedelic weird. I don't the know. The Fang Foom thing is not that real. That could be it. It could be total horse I don't know. It's weird. Triple Helix, number one from IDW. John Byrne is back with a new superhero series at IDW, this one being very X-Men-esque. It's as consistent as any of his recent offerings, so if you're a fan of his recent work like I am, you'll find a lot to like here. However... I was really surprised to find that this is a direct sequel to his last superhero project, Trio. So much so that it reads more like the next issue of Trio than the first issue of Triple Helix. Yeah, I mean, that's what he, that's what it is. It, but, like, there's no indicator that that's what it would yeah, be. they didn't bill it that way. <laughs> and there is so much going on here with almost no explanation. So if you missed Trio, or like me, you lost track of it halfway through, you will be pretty lost Skim you it. You can't give John Byrne a leave it, can you? No, like, it's fine and it's fun and the art's okay. good, but it's just like, wait a minute, what if I, I, I don't understand anything that's happening. Cryptozoic Man, number one from Dynamite. Stay with me here. This is originally an idea pitched by Stan Lee on the AMC reality series Comic Book Men, <sighs> starring Kevin Smith and his band of grumpy nerds. Artist Walt Flanagan of Tell Em Steve Dave fame and Brian Johnson team up for this virtually. Steve Dave. Yeah. And Steve Dave himself <laughs> team up for this virtually unintelligible story of a man with the powers of six different cryptozoic monsters fighting a villain in a leather pig mask. When I say he has their powers, I mean he's got, like, Bigfoot's arm, the Jersey Devil's leg, his other arm is the head of the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> it's what the really dumb-looking. <laughs> and they just wrote the hell out of it. It was like... This guy has his powers. He's fighting Pigman and demon stuff. <laughs> I thought about reading this backwards to see if it made any more sense. There was nothing here. I will say Walt Flanagan's art has improved quite a bit. That said, leave it. Walking Dead, number 115 <laughs> from Image. There are reasons we never talk about this book, and it has nothing to do with the quality. First, what new can you say about a book that's consistently solid from month to month? Right. It's, it's the Hawkeye syndrome. Second, it's really easy to let yourself fall behind and catch up in one huge chunk. That's what I did when I read the last year's worth of Walking Dead to check out this issue. 
While nothing major happens here, it's just part one of the 12-part all-out war story. My appreciation for the series has, be has been reinvigorated, and I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. I even started catching up on the TV series. What do you mean, catching up? Oh, I was way behind. Really? Yeah, I only made it like five episodes into season God. whatever, season three. Just tear off another nerd's drive. Listen, buy it. I'm watching it now, and that's what counts. Death sentence number one from Titan. This is a fun take on the accidental superpowers trope. This time, it's a virus called G+, that is transmitted much like the AIDS virus, but it gives its host superpowers for six months before they die. Just like space herpes. <laughs> Here we meet a female artist, a washed-up rock star, and a playboy comedian sex addict, all infected and all developing different powers. Writer Monty Nero does a really good job dealing with three very different characters' voices, Presumably they're all in London, but definitely British. And artist Mike Dowling has a style very similar to Edward Rizzo of 100 Bullets fame that works really well here. Nice job again by Titan Comics. I'm saying buy this. Rocket Girl number one from Image. Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader are back with another successful Kickstarter project brought to print. Rocket Girl is the story of Young, a 15-year-old member of the New York Teen Police Department in the far-flung future of 2013 that travels back to the present, 1986, to stop some scientists from altering the future. It's like a fun, cheesy, 80s direct-to-VHS sci-fi movie with way better visuals. I liked it a lot better than their last project, Halloween Eve. I'm giving it a big buy it. Grrr, grrr, that is your ludicrous speed round, and grrr, grrr, is the sound of hot dog, Jughead's trusted sidekick mutt, returned from the dead, foaming at the mouth, presumably getting ready to bite Juggy and turn him into a zombie as well, as seen in the pages of Afterlife with Archie, number one. If you want to hear or read Joe and I's full reviews of Afterlife with Archie and three, number one, go over to TwoHeadedNerd.com. We'll have them posted in blog post format. And of course, we want to discuss them with you guys over at the forums and hear what you thought of these really, really gitchy comics. Sort of, sort of break it, break it down like this. And so we come to the end of another con news dominated episode of THN. Man, these are grueling. <laughs> they really take it out of me. I'm exhausted. <laughs> if you love the hard-hitting point-counterpoint comic journalism we supply, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher, where you can give the show a star rating, a written review, a Stitcher thumbs up, all of which will help us to connect with other potential listeners. Thanks to my man Matt Truesdell for his generous donation, and if you'd like to help keep us in pap smears and body lice shampoo... Because of the STDs, I guess. No, the G-plus virus. You can make your donation in any amount using our slutty little PayPal button at 2 nerd.com. Oh, just look at it. It can't help itself. It just wants your acceptance. While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed, at 2 nerd, our email, 2 nerd at gmail.com, our YouTube channel, THN Comicast, where something is going to happen eventually, our Skype handle, 2 nerd, and our direct ziggurat phone number, 402-819-4894, where you can send slash call us with your Ask Nerd questions, or ask the comic pushers what you should be reading or ask us to review your self-published comic be it printed digital hand stamped wood carved whatever 
And don't forget to sign up with the THN forums, guys. This is your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show or just rap about comics. There's even badges for you guys. Go post, 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 post. That's not an incentive. Yeah, they're fun, man. They're not. (laughs) Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. Even if you don't, you should be liking us on Facebook. That's true. We're we're likable chaps. We are. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own audio responses, be sure to check out the Two-Headed Nerd Answer of the Week call-in show. If you already subscribe to the regular show, you don't need to do anything. The Answer of the Week will just appear in your feed as if by magic. Whether you like it or not. Next week, the Comic Pushers are back. So if you're looking for a new comic high, hit us up on the new Comic Pushers section of the THN forums or send us an email and tell us what you're into. We will put a new highly addictive comic series in your shaking little junky hands before we go. A weekly shout out goes to Steve Niles, whose house flooded Saturday night after a huge freak storm hit the Austin area. The Niles family has no flood insurance and dude's house was reportedly waist deep in water. That's shoulder deep to me. And they lost everything. A lot lot of things. Word to you, Steve. And if you guys and if you nerds want to help a bro out, you can send a donation via PayPal to helpsteveniles at gmail.com. We'll have that in the notes for this show at twoheadednerd.com as well. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics because your retailer just might kiss you in the mouth for it. This is an exhausted two-headed nerd signing off. I'm so tired. Make it end. <laughs> <laughs>